Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's, I'm not getting, I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all star. All right, everybody, it is Thursday night, December 14th, 2023. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network, which if you listened last week, the the uh, ChairShot.com is currently down. At least I have not been told otherwise. So if you're listening to us, I hope you're listening to us on any uh, any choice of podcasting platforms that you want to listen to. Uh, as soon as the ChairShot.com is back up and running, please go listen to us there as well. Again, this is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I'm going to go around the room here and introduce this interesting cast of characters that we have on this show this week, starting with, from the Rob the Genius Podcast, he is the Minister of Truth, the Father of Facts and Figures, the Deacon of Data, the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, Raise Cash is Daddy, and the Man with the Golden Shovel. Mr. Rob, how are you, sir? Uh, Good to be here. As always, buddy, it's good to have you, and... Hailing from the Purple Haze and Cloud Nine, he is Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window and an absolutely fresh-looking haircut. Jason, sir, how's it going? Wonderful. How are you guys? Uh, grinding through another week, man. Uh, I was, you know, saying in the in the failed attempt at this intro that uh, you know, 2023 is almost over. 2023, for personal reasons, for professional reasons is one I am ready to just flush right down the toilet and say goodbye. I'm ready to start off fresh in 2024, but that's still two more weeks away. We've still got a bit to talk about before we wrap this year up. Uh, We've got tonight's episode and then two more, I think, episodes before the year's end. Um, We're going to kick a few things around here tonight. Going to start off with, uh, we've got some injuries. Uh, Last week on SmackDown, Charlotte Flair took a pretty scary fall. And uh, I'm a little concerned because here we are six days later and we still have nothing. Like usually when these injuries happen, we get something within 24 to 48 hours. I've heard two different things saying one possible knee injury, another one possible head slash concussion injury. I'm going to start with Rob because this is his queen. uh, And and Rob feels a certain way about it because later on we're going to talk about NXT deadline, which was this weekend. And, Rob being, you know, rather bummed out about the injury with Charlotte and, again, not knowing, genuinely, uh, didn't watch much, if any, of Deadline. Uh, Rob, have you heard anything? Um, No. And just, I mean, the only report that's been out there is that she's back home. They took, you know, um, 
like she was supposed to work the house shows last weekend, so you know, and so she obviously didn't do that. Um, and the last report just said she's home, and you know, they're not. They said she's not going to get back in the ring until they get a full evaluation. Um, I'm not sure what to make of that because I mean, like, if it was something obviously bad that was going to keep her out for a long time. That type of stuff gets usually found out pretty quickly, but just not hearing anything, I have no idea. Uh, nobody has any idea right now. Um, you know, when she's not anywhere near as online as a lot of the other wrestlers, um, and when you know she's very specific about what she says is online. So when she wants to when she wants to go silent, she goes silent. Um, I was gonna so. say not, not to interrupt you, Rob, but even in the rumor mill stuff, her camp, such as it is, is pretty tight lipped. So this, yeah. I wouldn't take this like no news as as bad news certainly uh, yet. Um, just that's one. I certainly it's it is odd, but um, but definitely just because her camp is usually. We usually don't know what's going on with her. We have an idea sometimes, but not really. So sorry, yeah, go on. Yeah, and because uh, look, the only well, the only one in her camp that has a has a that spills a lot is Rick. <laughs> and yeah, and so I figure, I mean, on the one hand, if she was really hurt, really bad, he probably would have. <laughs> he would have been blabbing it to everybody who know who would listen. Yeah, he, so he, maybe he, this he probably, is a good sign. He probably would have blurted it out somewhere to somebody. Um. So, but um, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming that she's going to be out for some. She's she's not coming back Friday, obviously. No. I think. So, I don't know, man. It's 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 um, it's concerning, and so I just, you know, I hope it, whatever it is, it gets better, as you know, as quickly as possible, and I hope she's not out for a long time. Um. You know, if it's, you know, look, if it's a, you know, a month or so, then, you know, okay, we'll get through it. Um, if it's a long time, then guys, I, I gotta be, it's going to be hard for me to, I'm, you know, some of the stuff I'm just not going to be as dialed in about, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Well, that's, that stinks. And, and like and, I said, injuries are always awful, um, you know, to anybody. And you, yeah. you know, hate to see it, especially when it's your favorite wrestler, um, you know, obviously, you know, you don't want to rush them back. You want to see them on TV. You want to continue to, you know, root for them and watch them work. But at the same time, you don't ever want to rush somebody back because <clears throat> their safety is always paramount, you know, to our entertainment. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, and look, well, look, the downside to having favorite wrestlers is, is when they're not there, it, it kind of, it, it is a drag on watching the rest of the show. Yeah. Um, you know, so look, that's, it's no slight to anybody else who's on, who works on SmackDown. Right. But, you know, um, and, uh, right now just, you know, concerned and it's just a bummer. I mean, cause it's, it's almost the end of the year and, you know, WrestleMania season that, that is the part of the year that, you know, that she'll tell yourself was that, that is her, part of the year, her time of the year. Yeah. Um, and she missed a WrestleMania two years ago. 
Yes, in 2021, she missed, and and she was like super pissed off about that. So, um, um, you know, it's uh, so I'm hopefully she, you know, however long she's out, hopefully she'll be well in time to make it back for WrestleMania. That's the biggest yeah. concern right now. <clears throat> um, I, I still, sucks. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's okay, man. Um, uh, go ahead and finish. Go ahead and finish. Okay. Cause um this year like um like she she worked almost every like she took off for, for a couple months after rest right after WrestleMania, but the rest of the time all year like before WrestleMania and then after she came back she did like every house show the, like every weekend. Um, like the only the only woman who worked more matches than her this year was EO, and that's you know EO was there all year, and. So I mean, this I mean, now some people were just kind of taking shots at her this year about being a part timer. It's like that's could be for no, nothing. Let's put a pin in that discussion because I think we can have that discussion here in just a little bit because um, I know that is something we all discussed privately over the WWE road schedule. Uh, there was uh, I'll kind of preface what we're going to talk about l- later right now with uh, there was a report going out that pretty much WWE isn't doing any more road work. And no more live TV for the rest of the year. Like they sent their talent home to go spend time with their families and enjoy the holidays. And some people looked at that a certain way and they equated that to, you know, wrestlers being part timers. And they, of course, everybody looked at Roman, you know, who's worked, I don't know what, 15 dates all year. Yeah. Um, and I'm not knocking him. Let me be clear God here. God bless him. God bless him. I got the, the smartest worker in the room is one that gets paid the most for taking the least amount of bumps. Facts, yeah. but I want to I want to pin I want to put a pin in that discussion because um, I want to kind of finish up on the injuries here because the other one uh, another big one and we only glossed over it last week because we got so busy in last week's episode. Um, Wesley, Wesley, major injury. Um, you know, cut a very you know heartfelt and very emotional promo on NXT TV dealing with back issues, and I don't know whether this was an acute injury or just a chronic nagging injury that's just been getting worse. He's having trouble feeling in his legs. Just absolutely gutted for him because I love Wesley. I think we've all been very big on the Wesley train, especially, you know, after there was a point in time where the guy could very well have been on a list of, you know, sorry, we got nothing for you. And yeah. to, because, you know, obviously when you're a tag team wrestler and that's where you've, you've made your name and all of a sudden you're not a tag team anymore, it's very hard for a lot of those folks to transition into big single stars. And he has been a gem on NXT TV for over a year now. And, you know, big part of the TV, big angles, big, big spots on every show. He's been one of my favorite parts of the roadshow loop. And, you know, had a couple of, you know, one-on-one interactions with him as a fan that I thought were very fun. And, you know, I, I've enjoyed him. And I'm absolutely gutted for Wes Lee right now. You know, it has to go undergo back surgery, looking at a minimum of eight months on the shelf. Um, that sucks. Like, you know, for him, for us, for me as a fan. Um, Jason, any thoughts here on this one? I'm of two ways about it. I mean, well, obviously, I've feel terrible for the guy um and you know it sucks and it's awful and but uh, okay so i look at one thing his classmates such as they are 
you know, Carmelo Hayes and Grayson Waller and a lot of those guys, they're getting main roster, you know, either they're up full time or Carmelo's going to be in the championship, uh, the, the U.S. US championship, the US championship tournament. tournament. So it, with him, when we've been saying for a while, it's only a matter of time um, with Carmelo. And I feel like Wesley was kind of maybe not on that the same immediacy, but he was on that trajectory too. So it sucks, but I do think he's one of those guys that if health, and I hope obviously health, you know, notwithstanding, once he gets, if he gets, when he gets back to 100%, I don't think he'll have that hard of a time coming, finding a lane again. We talk about that rather often on the show. Sometimes when you're in a certain lane and it's a big spot and you get injured, you have a hard time getting back into that lane. I think it that Wesley... In, it, it happens in pro sports. Too. So it does. Never mind, never mind the play acting, like, you know, cartoon that we're watching that's scripted. Right. It needs availability. You know, it happens in pro sports. So, sorry, go on. Right. No, I think he's still, because he's still in that... He's in the upper echelon, nearly graduated. He's like 11th grade um, right. and, and getting ready to, to, to join the senior class before he graduates. So I think, you know, if he comes back, he's going to slide very easily back into the same role he had, get, you know, shake off the ring rust and, and still graduate on time, maybe a year later than, uh, than, than originally planned. And I just hope, you know, one, again, like we say with Charlotte, I hope the guy is healthy. You know, first and foremost, is he healthy? Can he walk? Can he live a comfortable, you know, productive life? You know, and then the wrestling. You know, let's let, let's get healthy and then the wrestling. And, and I hope that for him. But I also, you know, selfishly as a fan, I hope to see him back in the ring. Yeah, and because uh, um, because you know, like I said, he he was somebody who had, like we said, he. He could have been just dead in the water because his partner got fired. And, you know, when we talk, you know, when he's somebody who really did make something out of nothing. And, you know, and you know, then just a lot of times, you know, it, we get fed a narrative of people making something out of nothing or people that, well, the company didn't want me and, you know, and all this type of stuff. And when in reality, you know, that's not the case um in his case he really was stuck and i mean because he was half of a tag team and his partner got fired and and it, you know and by half of a tag team we don't mean you know we don't mean triple h and Shawn michaels tag team right no these guys cut their teeth being a tag team right yeah these guys were a tag team <laughs> right which means when, when you know if one guy's not there in a lot of cases like if you know if jim brunzel couldn't go then brian blair wasn't much help you know yeah. he, you know, he was putting over rick root right i mean you you know, know. it was yeah they, i mean they were like yeah i mean for those who don't know those are the killer bees i'm talking about and they were they were a tag team in the literal sense uh whereas that was their whole purpose and that's what these guys you know wes and his partner that's what they were um so wes he made he he did if there's an award for doing the most with a with just a crappy situation and turning it into the most you possibly could i think he he wins um and so it sucks to see this happen with him because i think that 
he was going to kind of slide into that kind of Carmelo spot once Carmelo went up. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think he was going to stay behind a little bit longer and then maybe, maybe win the NXT big title and do something with that for a bit before he went up himself. Right. Um, kind of like how Bailey stayed, you know, with the, when Charlotte and Sasha and Becky went up and then Bailey stayed, you know, stuck behind for another year. Right. Um, I was thinking, I was seeing maybe something like that with him. It was a similar situation with Bailey because didn't she get injured? Um. Well, I'm. Well, no, she didn't. I'm. I thought she missed a a, a certain amount of time due to, and I could be wrong. I was like, I was just tuning into NXT full time as the women were starting to head up to the main roster, so I, I could very well be mistaken on that. Well, that I don't know. That period was. Uh, I think if you take any of the four horsewomen. Any one of them could have filled the Bailey role of just I'm gonna stay behind and be the one in NXT. Yeah. But ba- Bailey benefited the most from it, and I think. Uh, but yeah, any one of them could have done it. I think it's just Bailey. Bailey happened to be the one that got it. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that's what. We were and I think. Uh, sorry. And I, my point was uh, Wesley's kind of in this a similar boat where, yeah, he's if if they brought him up to the main roster tomorrow, I would He'd be, be like, fine. All right. All right, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like Carmelo or Grayson or some of those guys where I'm like, "Yep, they're good, ready to go." But I wouldn't have any doubts at the same time, you know. So just um, hoping he makes it back. Hope he's not, you know. Hope that the timeout <laughs> is shorter and not longer. Yeah, man. And yeah, man. Uh, so get well, sir, and uh, we hope to see you back soon, man. Yeah, absolutely. All right, before we get into the NXT deadline card, I want to invite you to go over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Uh, from there, the holidays are here, holiday shopping. You still got a week or so left of shopping. To, you can get your shirts ordered, get your T-shirts ordered, get a Mindless Wrestling Podcast T-shirt for you, for your loved ones, for your whole family, for your friend. Get one for your boss. Your boss, your boss, you need to introduce them to the wrestling podcast. It, it is the funnel, the lifeline, the gateway into a world of ridiculousness. And the Mindless Wrestling Podcast are the gatekeepers for that. Pick them up a t-shirt. That is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. We will thank you. If you get one in soft style, your body will thank you. Get one for the holidays. Now, we're going to talk NXT deadline. This past weekend was the premium live event hosted by WWE NXT. And Jason's going to take over the card. We're going to go down this. I am going to preface this. And I'm going to call myself out here a little bit. Saturday was a busy day. Like, Saturday, we had so much stuff going on. I I, I was cooked by the time this show started. By I remember I was telling the boys here in the pre-show huddle, I, I watched the whole thing up until the main event. I caught glimpses in between very long blinks of the main event. <laughs> I know that Ilya Dragunov wrestled in a match against Baron Corbin. I know that Ilya won. Everything that happened from point A to point Z is a little sketchy. <laughs> Jason's yeah. going to fill in the blanks. Uh, no, no, because Rob didn't watch. You're a mess. I'm also a mess. I just took the card and I, I just threw it over here. <laughs> We're not going to go match by match because, frankly, it would do a really good show a disservice. Right. For us to be like, uh, I don't know, whatever. Because the, the, t- tell you the two story, old men fell asleep during the <laughs> during the main event, and Jason was scattered. 
one of those long honeydew list days and then we got dinner with her family and this and that my family in there too and then we get home and i'm flipping between the nba and nxt and i'm half asleep and guys i was just <laughs> I was cooked. I was going to be the Sorry. most interesting show review we ever go through. Because, so, like I said, I watched all of it up until the main event. And then the main event, man, I tried. And it has nothing to do with the guys. I heard they had an awesome match. I love both of them, and I was looking forward to it. But I was absolutely toast. Yeah. I and, think uh, we can just go highlight by highlight by highlight. But, Rob, go ahead. And, look, I, I was bummed out after what happened Friday. You know, I I was not in the mood to watch any wrestling show saturday so i you know i did i didn't watch it rob checked out on it yeah there you go well as we can we're gonna we're gonna muddle through it as the christmas song would say we're gonna muddle through (laughs) i'll tell you that i would just start off with saying the women's iron survivor match hats off coach all those girls just showed the fuck up everybody looked good yeah and not not that because obviously it was uh, Blair Davenport, Tiffany, Tiffany Stratton, Lash Legend, Kalani Jordan, and Fallon Henley. And I think we've all sung all of their praises at various times on this podcast, so we don't need to go long on that. But all of them brought their A game. Um, so that was just an absolute delight. And just the NXT and WWE, by extension, women's division continues to shit on almost anyone except I'll grant you the upper echelon which is basically the whole thing of impact. Um, but it's not nearly as big, man. But anyway, yeah, that's all I have to say about the women's match. DJ, anything? Uh, yeah, this felt like a coming out party for Kehlani, for um, Lash Legend, for sure. Like they, like, they have finally figured it out with her. Like, she's finally put the pieces together, and now they're looking at her like, okay, now you're ready. But also, um, not not Tatum Paxley, what the hell's her name? The other one, the... The one that was with Briggs. Fallon Henley? Fallon Henley. I don't know why her name escaped me. It was right there for a minute ago. This was a coming out party for her as well. She's been one that I've really enjoyed on the NXT house shows. But I've also been like, okay, are they going to do something with her? And she finally got a chance to show up and show out on Saturday night. Um, But, yeah, I I really, I I would say it started off a little slow because it was a bit of wrestling going on and and, in these types of matches. The, the, the catch is catch can hold for hold really doesn't work. But I'd say at about the 10 to 15 minute mark, these women really started to cook. Like it was a nice slow burn. And then about halfway through, right before the last woman comes out, all of a sudden they just kicked it into high gear. And the, the, the match was, you know, just it was probably for me the most fun I had all night. Yeah, that's. Probably the same, unless it's just my highest emotional high was uh, the end of the men's match. But we're gonna get into that in a minute, Bubba. Bell, bell to bell, yeah. Well, the women's match, yeah. Bell I, to yeah, bell, I'll the women's match was a lot of fun. Match, uh, I'll, I'll even give a match of the night for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I had, I had a fucking blast. So that's all. That's all I rate. I rate stuff by at the end. Did I have fun? Awesome. Yeah, so, we're going to come back uh, and talk about Lash Legend in a minute because I think we've all got some thoughts here. Um, but let's let's go on, continue down the card. Uh, so Carmelo Hayes defeated Lexus King by pin, pinfall. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we finish up this storyline with who shot Trick. Um, and there, 
you know, takesy-backsies of this story with his twists and turns so that Carmelo can make his way to the main roster by Royal Rumble time. Um, but, yeah, they had a fun match. Uh, I didn't really expect much else, um, and Carmelo won, so I had a good time. Uh, DJ? Um, yeah, we had some brief discussion over Lexus King last week. Uh, still waiting to see where they're going with this. I think uh, I think Saturday night was a step in the right direction. Uh, I thought the end was a little odd. Like his, he revealed that he wasn't actually the one that attacked Trick, and the only reason he got in Carmelo's head was to procure a spot on a premium live event. Okay, if that's his motivation, yes, so. But it makes sense when you look at the character. So yeah. I'm okay with it. You know, at first I was like, what are we doing here? But now the more I think about it, the more I digest what he's trying to do with the character. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's, he's, he's just trying to get himself out there. I, okay, let's go with this. Let's see what happens. I don't think he's going to become one of my favorite characters or something like that. And I don't right. think he's going to get to like Baron Corbin levels. But that guy has already got the whole slime ball thing down pat and it's yeah. not just the it's not just the beard the beard helps don't get me wrong yeah the beard but, adds to the package yeah the beard the beard cranks it up a whole nother notch but he's got the slime ball thing down and i love it uh, rob anything to say about lexus king and carmelo hayes in general um i did not like i said i, I didn't see any of it um i said uh, in general man um no not really <laughs> I got nothing. All right, All right. All right I so got next nothing. up, <laughs> next up was the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge, which we had Trick Williams defeat Dijak, Josh Briggs, Braun Breaker, and Tyler Bate. And I think we can all just fast forward to the end where Trick Williams was going to get shut out. And all of a sudden, that man uh, went supersonic mode. And the score was Dijak 3, Briggs 2, Breaker 3, Bate three and will uh trick zero and the score ended trick four dijack three briggs two braun breaker three tyler bait three so we and how long was it from first like from first like beginning of that fury to the end of the match it couldn't it's really weird because Okay, so we have our little group chat, our own group of friends, me, Rob, Jason, and maybe half a dozen other people. And at the time, Jason was doing his thing. Everybody else was, I think Jay was probably either working or sleeping because he works like a madman hour, so I don't even know what his schedule is anymore. Um, Nicole was doing her thing. So Maddie and I were really the only ones chatting back and forth in the chat at the time. And it got to be like 23 minutes and trick. Trick goes into the penalty box with two minutes left, and the dude is down four complete, like three complete falls, four to win. And you, you can already tell it's coming. You're like, this dude is going to get shut out. There's no way. And and Maddie, God love her, we <laughs> you know how she is. She's probably got a tweet fire, ready to fire off because she's not happy, and she said something in the chat. And then all of a sudden, it, it was so brilliantly done because there was no room for error here. Like there was so little time for him to get back in there and everybody to be where they needed to be for this finish to be executed as brilliantly as it was. And Trick just got in there and cooked and cooked yeah. and cooked and, and served up a gourmet meal. I went back uh, to the chat because Maddie did have this down. 
from the three of the final pinfall for Trick to score that fourth point to the buzzer of the match, which is a hard, no fooling around with that. Yeah. Or four seconds. Yes. It was literally down to seconds because, like I said, Trick went into the penalty box. Well, they have at, the safety net because then it would create overtime. You could have, yeah, you could, you had the safety net of, okay, if we don't get that fourth fall in in the last couple seconds, we do have the, the sudden death rule. But still, at absolute perfection. Was, like you said, he went, because I think he had what? How many, I'd have to go back and watch again. But I think when he went in the penalty box, he had at least one. Because that's what a lot of folks were were thinking is that yeah. oh he's gonna get this fury, he's gonna tie he's gonna because then every it would be three of them or four of them tied at three right, and then okay here we go now we're gonna cook but no he just blew right past the the stop sign and was like no nah, I got it absolutely incredible booking incredible work on everyone in that match and they had me for a minute because. In similar fashion, when Braun Breaker came out, Braun Breaker went up three, three within like what forty seconds. Right. He went out, hit three spears, and pinned three dudes in like forty seconds. The, the match was fun. Like I said, I had more fun overall with the women's match, but there were spots in this match that I was absolutely just—they had me as a fan. And then the one was with Braun Breaker. And then the, the last minute and a half of that match, because I was sitting there like, like Maddie said in the chat, like, they're not going to let him have one. Like, th this dude is going to get shut out. They've been pushing Trick Williams. He's part of the biggest angle in NXT right now. And the dude's about to get swept. <laughs> Come on, man. Right, and I'm, they hooked me. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sharing something in the Skype chat here. Yeah, um, uh, th th this is something that... We'll, that that a whole lot of us had ready to go if this match had ended the way it was going to look. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. What? Okay. You guys see it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. A whole lot of us had that locked and loaded, ready to go. <laughs> that match ended the way it looked like it was going to end, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, For this way, right. folks, it would look like it would look like the NXT decision makers look a lot like me and DJ and not like Rob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but luckily, Trick Williams did his thing. Damn it. Yeah, Rob, what you got for this one? Because I know this you did watch. I saw, I, did, I watched the finish, and I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. That is just just remarkably clever to come up with that, and that those guys all pulled it off. Because all all it would take is for somebody to fall down, you know, and have to get back up or something, and it would have screwed up everything. Once, yeah, yeah. The, the, you had four seconds of wiggle room, so you basically yeah. had no wiggle room. Yeah, so all it would take was somebody or somebody to take too long to roll over, right, or something. Yeah, could have messed up the whole thing. And so to those for those guys to all pull that off is just kudos to all of them, and just re remarkably clever finish to whoever came up with that. That was one of the most clever finishes, you know, I've ever seen. My buddy Dijak about this. I I, I, I picked Dijak to win, and damn it if I it didn't did. look good. <laughs> 
he looked great. So let me ask you guys a question before we move on down the card. I know last year when they first announced this Iron Survivor Challenge, we all looked at the rules and we all kind of like, okay, what are we doing? It, it sounded convoluted. <laughs> the, 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 the whole principle and, and premise behind it just sounded convoluted. We've got two, per, two for the men, two for the women. We've got four of these matches behind us now. Are we feeling okay about it or do we still think it's a little too much? I like it now. Yes. I like it. Okay. Yeah, I like it. They, they, last year I enjoyed it. This year they sold me on it. Now that I understand how it works, and now that they found, you know, that they with these clever finishes. I mean, in particular. Um. So I'm so I'm sold on it now. Okay. All right, Jason. What's next? Uh, so next up uh, is uh, Keanu James defeated Roxanne Perez in a steel cage match. Um, uh, this was just two, and I'm going to say this as respectfully as possible, these two bitches who did not like each other, and they showed it, and we had a lot of fun. Um, I'm always down for a steel cage match, especially with um, kind of, it was a fun little variant for the, for the night, um, with something a little more hardcore. Uh, and I was kind of shocked that Keanu won, but, you know, because Rox, Roxy is kind of the, I don't know, she's quietly been the one of the MVPs of the women's division, but maybe she, this is how she does it, is putting over the other girls over. Uh, Rob hates women wrestling, so I know he didn't talk about, uh, watch any of this. <laughs> uh, I had fun with it. I enjoy a good cage match. It's low-key one of my favorite gimmick matches. Um, it felt a little old school. They didn't, you know, I was half expecting at one point Roxanne went up to the top of the cage and I thought we were going to get some kind of dive. We ended up getting um, the two girls fighting at the top of the cage, which to me, again, one of those little room for errors, um, to me, adds more tension than if you just climb all the way up there to do a move. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like if you're in peril and you're both fighting up on that top corner, there's more danger than if you're doing a dive off the top of it. I enjoy that more for whatever reason. That makes sense. It, it definitely feels more precarious. <clears throat> it does. It's a much more precarious. And I look back to when uh, Trish Stratish and Becky Lynch had their cage match, and they were fighting on the corner, and Trish just kind of laid back. She had her head, legs dangled in the in the cage, and she just kind of strung out. Because even if you fall... If you're on your own, even if you fall super, super awkwardly, you can still kind of at least attempt to protect yourself. Yeah. If your hands are tangled with another person and you both go ass over tea kettle, did, I mean, Jesus takes yeah. the wheel. It's it's very precarious. It adds much more drama, much more tension. I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a solid match on both girls' parts. And also, if, if you climb up the top of the cage and do a dive, why wouldn't you just climb over the fence and, and, and get out? Well, I think they stated the rule, even, although this was one thing in the match that I found a little odd. They did state the rules at the beginning that they, you could not climb out of or leave the cage. It was definitely a pinfall or submission victory. But at one point, both women tried to get out of the cage door. Okay. I think they may have forgotten the rules uh, about halfway through, and they both tried to get out the cage door. I'm like, wait a minute. This is supposed to be pinfall or submission only. Going to give them a pass on it. Not going to make a big breathe heavy out of it because it ended up being a really fun match. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Yeah, man. I think that's that's it. We love steel cage matches here, so there you go. Uh, then, capping off the show, we had Ilya Dragunov successfully defending his NXT championship against Baron J- Corbin. J- Jason, Jason, uh, I, unless I missed an entire segment of the podcast, uh, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast has to take an L. I think you glossed over a match, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think yeah. you glossed over something, and we have yeah. to collectively take the L here. Yeah, because... Um, no, I was trying to... Last week, um, those of y'all who have listened to us the last couple of weeks... We've been we've been kind of hard on uh, Mr. Dragon Lee, <laughs> and and um, we're not even hard on him. Uh, go ahead. But well, well, he she showed us though. <laughs> he didn't. He, yeah, he, he did. sure did. <laughs> I ate some humble pie on Saturday I mean, night, didn't I? Look, look, yeah. we, we, look, we were all in the mud Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So the mindless wrestling podcast needs to take the collective L because as we all all three collectively went. You know, we just don't get it with Dragon Lee. Yeah. The next week, he goes out there and, you know, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get there. Uh, he, he cleans he Dom's clock. Week, yeah. And cleans Dom's clock and wins the North American Championship back from the Judgment Day. So not only does he win, like, a title, but he, he he's a major story beat. He's a bullet so point like in a story in, now. In yeah, a do. main event story. And let me confess that after after SmackDown on Friday, when he, I think he lost, uh, who did he lose to? Um, he lost to. Uh, was it Santos? It was Santos Escobar. And clean, clean as a whistle. So I saw when, when they did that, I was like, oh, they're really going to bury this guy because because none of us had him yeah. beating Dom um, Saturday. So I was like, oh, like well, damn, they're really going to bury this guy, aren't they? <laughs> and and and, nope. <laughs> and and I gotta say, it was a good match. For both guys' parts, it was a good match. There were some really good spots in there. Um, I'm not – there's some – Go more, back and check the tape. Never did the three of us say that guy can't produce a good match. Right. <laughs> but there was a spot – there's a spot that some of these guys do that I, I don't always care for. It's when they've got somebody in the tree of woe, and they climb up to the top, and they do that double stomp across the, the chest or the guts or something like that. That spot drives me insane because it is 100% dependent on the guy taking it sitting up and taking it and but dom and uh, dragon lee pulled it off dom was kind of draped out to the outside of the ring and dragon lee went to the top and stomped him onto the hardest part of the ring um and it actually looked really incredible like it looked really really good it came off really well it didn't come off contrived um so i enjoyed that part of it very much that's the word with, yes. with moves like that, it did not look contrived at all because Dragon Lee, it, Dom set himself up perfectly, but Dragon Lee just, oh, you're set up, boom, I hit it. Yeah, because a lot of times they'll sit there and they'll wait. And I'm like, no, don't stand there and wait because now the guy's got to sit up. No, they just, right. they, they, Dom went over and Dragon Lee's like, okay, we're doing this. And he went right into it and it looked incredible. And look, if this was, yeah. if this was, if it was a shoot, then after the match, Dragon Lee would have gotten, 
if they were if they were interviewing him in the locker room, he would have buried us. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I heard there's, there's these guys on this podcast. It said I yep. wasn't very good. And well, how do you like this now? You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, North American title fail. <laughs> Feels like a big L, doesn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> Jackasses. Right. Oh man, I mean, because look, I mean, it, I think it's uh, it's rare. Like all three of us ever say the same thing, say the same kind of negative thing about somebody. Yeah. Usually it's it is pretty rare. Usually it's like one of us doesn't like the person much, and the other two, you know, do or vice versa. So then, I mean, it was all three of us last week, and then Tony and Dave came on, and they piled on. Yeah, Tony and AJ, it was AJ. AJ and, was here, and, and it so was it, like a five-man pile on to Dragon and, Lee, and, and um, we totally unfair to him. And it, some of it was meant in lighthearted bit fun, but, you know, it, it also, we probably, yeah. But, yeah, hey, we all took the L, Dragon Lee, North American champion. I'll kind of... I'll kind of say, I'll say this. Look, man, just to clarify and just to keep it succinct. Whenever I see that dude on the card, I am genuinely excited. If I don't see him on the card, I don't notice that he's not on the card. Yeah. That said, now, I'm excited because the dude can freaking work, right? Well, what does he have right now? Before Dom had it, it was basically NXT's workhorse title. If he can re- get that going again, who boy, we are in for a good time. Yeah. Now, I do wonder now, okay, so is he <clears throat> is he just going to stay down there now? Uh, and I asked that question I, last week because Dom is a main roster talent. Dragon Lee just went up to SmackDown. Now, mind you, he got, you know, had lost a clean, clean match last Friday, but they still advertised him as being main roster. Rey Mysterio has been in his corner promoting him as the next big thing in Lucha Libre wrestling. And I asked that question, if our, this is an NXT championship, they've established the North American championship <clears throat> as the secondary title in NXT, and it's been riding around with Dom, Dom Mysterio. Granted, he's made some trips to Orlando and, you know, to the, to the pay-per-views to defend it, but he's largely been on Raw with this thing. And now you've got Dragon Lee, who could potentially win it, I, I feel like they kind of maybe boxed themselves in. Is Dragon Lee now going back? Like like Rob is just asking, does Dragon Lee go back down to NXT? And and I, I guess now what I'm hoping, and it'll all be dependent on what's going on with the Judgment Day story. I hope this is not going to end up being a hot potato. Who's the last one that they hot potatoed him with Dom? Was it uh, Wesley? It was Trick. It was Trick. Trick. That's right. Trick won it real quick and then lost it right back. I hope they're not going to do that to Dragon Lee. Let's let this guy run and cook with this thing a little bit. Judgment Day storyline, you know, kind of holding holding that hostage has I think has run its course. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, so- I agree. I hope it's time to move on from that segment of the story. But yeah. I think that one thing we can look forward to is I mean, as much as I gripe about it as a nerd I do think the way they have been recently playing fast and loose with the brand split has been fine Um, and it's made things more fluid and for some reason this time around I don't dislike it with all the ways they've done it in the past I don't know why I can't explain it to you so I'm sorry but they're doing it well this time so I think you could see 
him pulled some sort of double duty. And maybe not he's on both shows every week or something like that. Right. But, um, you know, Have maybe they... you know, once a month he goes down to NXT or, or excuse me, comes up to the main roster. I'm a little behind. A North American title on the main roster. I'm a little behind on SmackDown. I know, like I said, Ray's been in Dragon Lee's corner. Have they established that Dragon Lee is part of the LWO, or is the LWO just kind of in limbo right now because of the Santos? Um, thing? They're, they're kind of limbo, I think. Um, they're in limbo, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they're definitely right. in limbo with the uh, Santos issue. Okay. Because Ray is, you know, Ray had surgery, so he, he's right. So, right. um, that's. That stinks because I, I was digging what they were doing with the LWO and it, God, Zelina Vega has been freaking phenomenal in in her part for this. Yeah, she's awesome. So, all right, let's get into the main event that none of us saw. Uh, yeah, so Ilya Dragunov <laughs> successfully defended his title against uh, Baron Corbin. Um, again, I was half asleep, guys. I'm sorry, um, but it, they beat the shit out of each other for everything I saw. So, um, yay because. Well, yeah, I expect from those guys. I literally I saw them come to the ring, and I took a long blink, and I saw them fighting on the outside. I took another long blink. I saw Ilya Dragunov hit Baron Corbin with that freaking whatever he calls that elbow. Torpedo Moscow. The what? Torpedo Moscow. That. He hits him with it, and then it's a three count, and then I think I woke up to some type of Peacock WWE special or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and watch it this weekend because it really sounded like it was a really dog, like a big dog fight of a match, and I enjoy that. I enjoy watching Ilya. Um, just I, the guy works so incredibly, and you know Baron Corbin. We have spoken at great length about we're all you know, in on Baron Corbin. I think his, this NXT run has been incredible for him. It's breathed new life into him. But Ilya is just, he's fascinating to watch because he really makes you, like, forget that this shit's a work. And it's it's fascinating is the only word that I can use to describe watching him. And, you know, as, as we transition from this show... I want to talk a little bit about the the booking from NXT uh, Tuesday night because it was taped, <clears throat> and at the taping they had there were pictures on the app formerly known as Twitter of Ilya being stretchered out after an altercation with uh, Ridge Holland, and the implication being a lot of people feeling like maybe Ridge injured him, and as we got further through the day, it's now appearing more and more like this is a work. And we had some pretty heated and intense back-and-forth discussion in our group chat over this situation. I'm still... <sighs> I don't know how I feel about this, because I understand, you know, it's their booking, and, and the book, like I told Jay and, and you guys in our, our group chat, as a booker, and this is one thing Vince McMahon always did brilliantly, it is your job to make people feel. And it, whether you want them to be mad, sad, angry, pissed off, happy, overjoyed, whatever the emotion is, it's your job as the booker to drag that out of people because we are telling a story. And the very idea that Ridge Holland could have potentially shoot injured Ilya Dragunov because Ridge Holland has a history of injuring wrestlers. 
you know, we look at Big E, we look at Johnny Gargano, we look at uh, was it Elton Prince? Yeah. From from Pretty Deadly, and and I never saw the Johnny Gargano one. I was watching live when the Big E one happened, and the Elton Prince one I saw secondhand. The only one that I could look at the three of them and say that Ridge was definitely like, okay, maybe, and, and even then, having been in the ring, I don't like to lay a lot of blame on everybody. Big E probably could have helped a little more in getting over because Big E's a, that's a dude to pick up. I mean, that's like picking up a wet safe. Big E's nothing but thickness and meat, and Ridge is a big guy, but sometimes you got to help dudes out a little bit and get all the way over. So while maybe there's a question there, should Ridge have been doing that move? There's also another side of that discussion. Um, the Elton Prince one was just an unfortunate thing. The guy landed long. He took a pounce. I think it was a pounce he took. And he just, or was, it, was it a pounce or a backdrop? Oh, for, which one on Big E? No, no, no. Uh, with uh, Elton Prince. When Elton Prince got injured. It was, it, was, it was a backdrop. It was a backdrop. It was a backdrop. He took a backdrop. He landed wrong. And he like, separated his shoulder or something. And then the Johnny Gargano one, I didn't even see. So I can't even, like, but my understanding is that you know, he dropped him on his head. I don't know. I can't comment. But to use <clears throat> Ridge in a what appears to be an angle has got people feeling a certain way. Um, I, I can't speak from a booking standpoint. I can only say that, you know, as a booker, their job is to make you feel something. And if the thought is already in people's heads that, hey, Ridge Holland injures people and he's got this unfortunate reputation with a certain pocket of fans, it makes sense from a booking standpoint, if we're trying to get people to emote, that we use that guy to come out and do this. Uh, Rod, I'm going to kick it over to you and get your thoughts before we kind of pick this apart a little bit more. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm kind of ambivalent here because, all right, as long as, okay, if Ridge is okay with this, then I think however we feel about it, we don't have much of a place to... It's all moot. Right. Yeah. And, and, and we should not do that thing that a lot of us on the internet like to do is, you know, people tell you that something's okay, and then we tell them, well, it shouldn't be okay with you, right? Um, <clears throat> that being said, um, my concern is that when he was already getting crap from people, as soon as the picture came out of, you know, dragging off on a stretcher, um, and now that it looks again, it looks like it's worked because um, if 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 Ilya had like been legit injured, I think they would have made an announcement or something. Yeah. <clears throat> so it, it, more than like ninety nine percent is of work here. Um, again, I yeah, I'm always concerned when creatively the, the wrestlers are put in situations where. The heat might come on not on the character they're playing, but on the person. And I've made that, you know, I've harped on that with Charlotte a whole bunch of times <clears throat> about her being put in those kind of situations. And so my, I, I hope that this was something that he was not kind of pressured or browbeat into doing. I hope this is something that he is fully on board with. And because like, it may be, it may even be kind of cathartic for him because he's been getting crap about the thing with e, Big E ever since it happened. Yeah. And and it's like yeah, and I mean it's pretty clear the guy feels like felt like shit. <laughs> okay, about yeah. that. Yeah, you, you would have <laughs> probably will forever. Yeah. 
Exactly. And um so I mean hopefully, you know, hopefully again this is something that he wanted that he was that he's fully in on and hopefully that he understands that you know just same type of crap he got for Big E, he's gonna get more of it now. Um and that some people are not even when it when once it's made the obvious that it's a work that some people are not gonna let go. Um so I hope he's ready for that. Um <clears throat> again, I hope just hope you hope this was something that he's hundred percent in on and not that something that he was kind of pushed or something into doing. The, the, I'm gonna kind of piggyback off that because this is something we've talked about quite a bit on this show. The era of kayfabe is dead. Um, it's very hard to tell a kayfabe story in, well, hell, let's be honest, since like 2010. Okay, since the internet really, really like entrenched itself in wrestling culture, it has been harder and harder for them to tell stories that people buy into. So this is where, you know, in the 2010s, real life kind of had to bleed into you know, and, and real life has always kind of bled into because they, you can take it even further back to the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart feud. Like a lot of real life shit bled over on TV, but I would say by the 2010s we were fully entrenched in that because we had to be, because it was very hard. You had to start making it. You had to blur the lines so much that we didn't know what was reality versus what was the stuff we're supposed to see on TV. And they did it brilliantly Monday night with Seth Rollins and CM Punk. Um, <clears throat> but as we try to tell stories and we try to get people to feel things, this is the trend. You know, you've got to throw something out there where people think, was that real? Okay, well, Ridge Holland's involved and, you know, he's hurt people in the past, so this might be real. So now people are invested. And yeah, it sucks for Ridge unless he's okay with dealing with it. Like, you know, to Rob's point... If he's like, you know what, I'll I'll take it and and I'll I'll do what I can with it. Um, <clears throat> so it's this is where we are in the wrestling business, you know, and you, you see it play out across multiple platforms. AEW has been notoriously guilty of putting real life shit on TV. You know, I don't watch a whole lot of Impact, but I would imagine they've done the same thing. This is just unfortunately as storytellers where we are with the wrestling industry. You've got to blur the lines, and this is. This looks like a prime example of that. Yeah, I mean, I would just say if if Ridge is okay with it, I mean, and like Rob said, he wasn't browbeat into it or just told, like, this is what you're doing. It's like, hey, <laughs> and I don't know if it's cathartic for him or whatever, but we can't be like, we can't sit here and be like, you can't make a make him look like a bad guy because of the accident, a couple accidents and blah, 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 blah. You can't do that. Like, I'm, like, why, well, well, why? Why can't we do that? Because well, you could make him feel terrible about it. Okay, well, has anybody asked him? He's the one out there play acting it. So he's the one out there leaning into it. Again, we have no idea. I'm going to assume that he's okay with it because he's the one doing it. So, hey, man. Yeah, like DJ said, sometimes you got to blur the lines. Sometimes you got to get people hot. You know, you know, you just got to. You know, CM Punk's working on me, and it's not just because of wrestling. It's not just because of the underpants fighting. You know, I'm feeling a certain way. I'm getting all jived up about it. I didn't walk away. Here I am. So, I don't know, man. It's 
you know, it, it's it, it's rough. I know, because it is partially because everybody just fucking loves Big E, um, and you know, it's just it sucks. I do get it. I get where people are coming from, but ultimately, it's Ridge's decision, and he's the actor acting it out, and he's okay with it. So, let's rock. Yeah, and I'll just add that to that. Just you know, take get mad at the character. That's what you're supposed to do. Okay. Um. Don't don't get mad at him. I don't I don't know what his real name is, but and yeah. it you know uh, Jay and our group chat made a good point that people are very inconsistent and picky and choosy about when they get mad over you know people getting shoot injured and in, you know wrestling stuff and because look i mean it all comes so many times it comes down to you know how much do we like the person who got injured how much do we like the person or not like the person who you know you know did the injury Right. right. And, and to be fair with the Big E thing on this podcast, we were very protective of Big E, you know, even before the injury, you know, as soon as we realized, yeah. you know, that Big E was getting the push, we, we, we brought him in, you know, very he, close. And he was, he was on my short list on, on dethrone the travel chain. Yes. All of ours, I believe. Yeah. So, and I still have no problem saying that and, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's yeah. So incredible. Uh, but but in any case, like I yeah, we don't need to get all bent out of shape about something for Ridge, because as far as we know and can tell, can see, Ridge isn't getting bent out of shape about it. Right. Rob, you got any final thoughts on this? Uh, I think we've covered it. Just you know, yeah. folks, um, don't you know? Again, leave the guy alone. Now, um, let let and and if it is an issue of somebody just being unsafe in the ring, let management figure that out. They will. They're professionals. They've been doing this shit for decades. You know, let because ultimately, if management doesn't have a problem with him, if his coworkers don't have a problem with him, then that's all that matters. And you know, that's what we said about Nia Jax previously, right? That Nia Jax's coworkers don't have a problem with her, so you shouldn't either. Right. Um, and so same thing applies here. His, his coworkers don't have issue with him. His coworkers don't call him unsafe. His coworkers don't refuse to work with him. Um, so th- their opinion matters a lot more than yours. As, yeah. okay? I mean, it, it, their opinion matters more than ours, matters more than yours. Um, it's, you know, it's his coworkers and his bosses. They're the, they're the people whose opinion matters when it comes to this stuff. You know, I mean, you can, again, you can type unsafe in all caps and tweet it out a million times. It does not matter. Right. <laughs> okay, you can you can go on a podcast and call the man unsafe. You can scream unsafe at the top of your lungs. It right. does not matter. Just like, because look, you tried that with Nia Jax, and look what, and how'd that work out for you? You got her back on TV. Yeah. He's <laughs> bad. All right, we're going to get to one last little piece of business here. Before we do, I want to remind you, you are listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. Eventually, you can find us on the ChairShot.com when that's back up and running. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube. Look up the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. You will find excerpts, uh, pre-show huddle things, full episodes 
Uh, we had one episode that just got completely lost in translation. You can find that full episode up there. You may even find the pre-show huddle from this show up there in the next week or so. Again, go to YouTube, look up the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. We are going to get that up and running here in the new year. Go like, subscribe, share it. We're building that brand over on that end, too. want to get into uh, something that we kicked around maybe about 15, 20 minutes ago, and that is the WWE road schedule. Uh, a lot has been said about WWE, um, and this has been a multifaceted discussion because as we talk about injuries, one of the things that always comes up is the the concept or the idea of WWE taking an offseason. And while the idea of pro wrestling taking an offseason just isn't going to work like football or baseball or, you know, the what, six and a half days that NASCAR takes a break, um, it's, you know, it, it just it just doesn't work because this is an episodic television show. And it's not like a show like a, you know, a Law and Order or something like that where you can go away for a season and come back and everybody just picks right back up. It's, it's different just because of the way it's made. But I will agree that in 2023, we do not need to be putting wrestlers out on the road for 300 days a year. And, you know, the, the, the funny thing about this discussion is you'll get people who will say, well, people shouldn't, they will say just that. WWE shouldn't have its, people, its talent out on the road as much as they do. But then when they only work 50 dates a year, oh, they're part-time, oh, they don't work as much, or even worse, the gatekeeping workers, the workers that are old school, are out there saying, well, in my, back in my day, we wrestled 472 days a year, three times on Sunday, and shut up. Okay, you guys were wrestling that because you had to. The money was on the road. Okay, you had to wrestle that many dates. And, you know, it's we're just not there now. The money is in the TV deals. The money is in the merchandise. These people don't need to be out on the road killing themselves. They don't need to be on the road 200 days a year. Rob and I broke it down. I think the only sport that I can think of that plays more than 100 games a year, a year, work more than 100 days a year is professional baseball. Yes. Major League Baseball. I think Rob figured it out between practices and games. It's like, what, 176? Well, they have 162 games. 162 games. And you know, then they got you know they got spring training, spring training, and then they got playoffs. We get to the playoffs, but that's it. Like basketball and hockey, you have eighty-two. Um, and then even even with the title, if you win the finals, um, I mean, yeah, it, I guess it, if you go if you go long in the playoffs, you can get if you go, right. then you can get over a hundred, <laughs> but just and when you look at basketball, and, and these are you know very they're athletic sports. But when you compare it to a football where it takes its toll on the body, there's a reason why football only plays 16 games. Was it 16 now? Well, 17 now. 17 games now, and then the Super Bowl and maybe the the uh, whatever. The playoffs. The playoff, yeah, the playoffs and things like that. So we're still looking at total 21 games tops for the, for the year because of the toll that football takes on the body. Baseball, while, again, an athletic sport, probably – Slightly lower risk for injury. Um, basketball, same thing. Probably in the same you know risk category as 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 um, baseball. But pro wrestling and football have just a high risk of injury. There is no reason why anybody needs to be on the road. I would argue more than a hundred total dates a year. 
Yeah, and um, yeah. so I mean, the WWE schedule is it's it's lighter than. I mean, this is the lightest it's, it's ever been as far as going on the road. But even with that, I mean, I mentioned before, I think um, with Charlotte that basically you know, she took a couple months off after right after WrestleMania. Like she was, you know, April and May, she was gone. But the whole rest of the year, she's been there and she did like she did every weekend, you know, of house shows. Um, and. Yet, you know, there are people who still, you know, call her part time because she took two a couple months off after WrestleMania and came back, right? Um, and because you know she was out for a while last year, and yeah, you know, y'all need to make up your mind, okay? I mean, because again, you know, people in the past talk about you know, well, you need off season or they need to rotate people in and out more, or, you know, and all this. <clears throat> um, okay, so the people who, I mean, y'all say that, but then people who have been basically you know, proactive about this kind of stuff, you get mad at them, you call them part-timers. You know, and with Roman, you know, we never know just how much of this is connected to his health, you know, um, and if he, if he if he is gone for a while, you know, we do get a little concerned about that, but essentially, you know, he's he was pro, he's been proactive about this stuff, okay, that basically that you know he he's almost 40 he's he is still dealing you know you don't leukemia isn't something that gets cured like he's always going to be dealing with it uh, yeah and so he he's been basically being proactive to say okay um i'm not going to work as many dates if you know we're going to work out a number of dates where i don't have to be on the road every weekend and do all of this and all of that you know um and like last year, you know, um, you know, Charlotte took off after backlash. You know, she got married. She was out for a while. Um, and she actually had a good teeth fixed. She, she talked about that. Um, but she was out for a while. And then this year, after WrestleMania, they didn't have anything for her, right? You know, immediately. So she took some time off. And that's what you should want these people to do. Yeah. You should want them because listen, I mean, because you know. Like Seth and Cody are like they're two crazy men, okay? Um, that they work every weekend and they wrestle on TV most of the year, and I think Seth worked every premium live event and Cody worked almost every one, and and like and I know look it's their choice, but like that shouldn't be the standard for being considered a, a good wrestling company employee. Um, right, and those guys should be more proactive about things like taking time off. Um, and you should want I mean, them to be more proactive. One, right there, you you nailed it, Rob. They we, they should be more proactive of taking time off. But also, those are two guys who you know don't know nothing else but pro wrestling, and you know, and also they're at the tippy 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 top of the card, so it's understandable why they are the way they are. But by and large, we should, you know, time off. Yes. Like, I don't know. I don't know why this is so controversial, especially in like, you know, this instance where it's like, oh, it's the end of the year. It's like the two weeks, guys. It's like, yeah. going to be okay. I like, think it's okay to give the wrestlers Christmas break off. Yeah. Right. And, and where you take, and also guys, 
as we just got done talking about, this shit is dangerous enough. We don't need someone working a million dates and blowing out their ACL, you know? So let's have, take care of these people who, you know, put their bodies on the line for us. As yeah, poorly there's as a sounds. whole discussion to be had for what the road grind can do to the body and the gateway that that ends up being right. um, as you try to deal with what happens to your body. But we're not going to have that discussion on this show tonight. So, so yes, give these people time off, and don't you know don't don't drag them the ones who are proactive about it, right? Yeah. Um, because I mean, they, well, look at look at how you handle your own job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are you proactive about taking time off? If you if you have you know if you if you have the wherewithal to take time off from your job, are you you know do you take it or do you, or, or are you? Or- here, here you go. We'll pay you the biggest salary in the company. You just need to come in for our six big meetings every year. Okay. You're not taking that. You're not taking that contract in about two seconds. Sign yeah. me up for that gig tomorrow. Yeah, right. I only have to show up to my office once a month, twice a that's month the, maybe. That's the tribal chief. That, yeah, that's and... that's some shit that I would do. I would sign. Where? Give me. I got a pen. Yeah. And, yeah. And, Let's go, and, baby. And so look, he had Roman had the good sense. To go to Vince or whoever and say, okay, well, just exactly how many days do you really need me here? Right. Okay, that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> okay. Um, and you know, if if you you don't really need me here for you know a hundred days, then let's not do a hundred days. Um, right. You know, uh, a guy know. a couple of weeks ago said a wise man told me. To figure this thing out or whatever it was, I'm sorry, it might. Uh, to get what you want to... out of this company, you gotta yeah. leave it. To get what you want out of this company, you gotta leave that. Leave it. Well, another guy did that more recently, and he came back with the wise man as the tribal chief. Exactly. So, hey, that's fun. All right, gentlemen, I think we can wrap it up here. We can call the go nope. home. Yeah. No. Nope. What? Breaking news. Uh-oh. Breaking news! Breaking news! Breaking scoops! Uh-oh. We are we we are scooping everyone. What do you got? So, I texted my friend Dijak, and I said, "Hey man, hey hey dude, how the hell did you guys pull that finish off? You have four seconds to spare. You had the safety net of OT, sure, but dude, you had four seconds left when Trick scored that last ball." One of you trips or takes too long taking a pin and you're cooked. So, my friend Dijak said, Long story short, we designed the final four minutes to have a handful of time cues that I would be in control of. So, it was basically my responsibility to make sure that everything happened exactly when it needed to down to, that, down to the second, right up to my elimination at 2430. Aside from that, it's basically designing a finish where Trick is looking at the Tron and knows how knows to go at 24:50. We practice all of it quite a bit. It was stressful to say the least, but they all did an unbelievable job. So there you go. <laughs> now, Correct does he want us peeling the curtain back here on the podcast on that, Jason? Sorry, what? Does he want us peeling the curtain that far back on the podcast, Jason? I actually asked him directly. I said, I said, hey man, he actually, I'll pull the curtain back a little bit. I said, 
hey, you guys nailed it. Can I, uh, can I, oh, I said, you guys nailed it. That was awesome. Can I use that quote on my pod? A direct quote, no liberties. And he said, let me correct something. And he corrected a syntax error, basically. Okay. So okay. Was, there, okay. No, no because no I sure shit do not want a C and D in my right. inbox nope. on Sunday nope. morning. I got, I got, I have permission in writing from the man on, on, yeah. So we're good. No, I, well, you let him know that the guys at the Mindless Wrestling Podcast thought that that finish was fucking spectacular yeah, and you can I use did. that exact syntax. Yes, sir. I did. I well, let him know. <laughs> All right, let's yeah. get out of here, gentlemen. This has been a fun show. Had a good time tonight. I'm uh, going to wrap back around the room here. Thank my co-host, starting with Bucky's tag team partner, Jason, with the fresh haircut. Sir, thank you. Donovan Dijak, or excuse me, just Dijak now. I, he's an old pal of mine. I knew him back when he was Donovan Dijak. Uh, but Donovan Dijak's BFF, Jason. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and from the Rob the Genius podcast, Mr. Rob, sir, fun show tonight. Yeah, thank you. Always good to be here. And uh, Wes and Charlotte, get well soon. We love you guys. Absolutely. Get well get soon. Did, did, you know, do it at your own speed. Do it on your own terms. I am the man with the award-winning and holy beard. I forgot that on the intro because we jumped right into the show here this week. Again, you've been listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. We thank you all for a wonderful 2023. we got two more weeks of this. Going to run right into 2024. Thank you for listening again. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring, and we're out of here till next week. Stop recording. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 